You're listening to Come Curious, the one with Saki Sarah. Hello, Florence. Hey, what's been going on? What's been going down? Well, you know, it's the beginning of the year, so everything's just 10 times harder. <laughs> That's the rules, right? <laughs> yeah, that is the rules. That's the that way it works. Rules, man. Mm, how are you? What's been going on? I'm actually really, really good this week. I have been at XBiz, which is basically like the adult industry conference con expo here in LA, which has been really, Mm. really inspiring, really amazing to be about around people in the same industry. Um, I saw a fantastic female director's panel yesterday that was just mm. it blew me away it was it was so inspiring and oh, like we love to hear it we've directed porn so it feels like really good to be in the space with these amazing like i don't know it's just really cool to see representation i think of women yeah. in directing and, porn and we don't talk about the fact that we are porn directors as well ethical educational porn directors i mean it happened mm. a few years ago but we loved doing it and oh hopefully we're in the in yeah. hopefully we're going to make more. Yeah, well we're going to be making more this year, yeah. which is very very exciting. But yeah, honestly, like the days that we had on set directing porn were like the best days of my life. Some of the best like, days, yeah. I remember so just being pumped the fuck up. Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. Very doing inspired. what we do best. Yeah. Very making inspired. porn in the way that we want to, in the ethical way that we want to, with like yeah. not just having like a crew and performers. It was like a family. Everyone yeah. was so connected and well, we were so like it was just it was just such a lovely vibe. We were interviewed by Hustler recently and yeah. we were asked about like the the sort of start of Come Curious. And it reminded me that like we both got into doing this because we were poor like we wanted to direct porn. And yeah. Like that, I feel like in a weird way, like social media and all that stuff was just like a huge distraction to like what we actually fundamentally were really passionate about. So I'm like re-engaging with my passion recently and I'm just like, fuck it, I'm an artist. I want to, I want to create, like I want to, I'm so hungry for it, which, Mm -hmm. yeah. So I feel like being super inspired this week, which is fucking amazing i've needed this you know mm, that's so good it's like it's finding you again like what yeah. you love and and your identity and you're right being distracted by social media and like all of the the censoring and what we can and can't post and of course what yeah. our passions are is explicit content we love we love yeah. porn we love like adult films and that's, that's so good that's so good you're like yeah. feeling yourself and feeling your filthy goodness i think that's like, I am we need to get into our like power goodness. slut energy mm. power slut energy yes mm. that is exactly it we just need to be like the erotic selves we were born to be you know i yeah. was always yeah. born well, to make porn you know Born to porn, baby. That's I mean, that's why born we have to porn. Born to porn. It sounds like Bond or some shit. That's why we have some like two really successful OnlyFans channels because we fucking yeah. love what we do. We love creating yeah. content that pushes the boundaries of what's acceptable and what isn't. Like, yeah. I love that. My OnlyFans is like 
gonna get so much better this year because I've been yes. inspired to just like make movies with myself because I'm like mm. what's stopping me at this who point who the fuck's stopping you yeah who me apart from I'm ourselves yeah. <laughs> that's it that we are our own barriers yeah. of doing what we love and what we want and what we enjoy uh-huh. like we need to stop getting our way for fuck's sake yeah I'm, I'm gonna like combine two of my biggest passions cars and porn and just make porn in cars I want oh, this to become a niche like I want to like make this so successful that people start giving me like really cool cars to fuck it <laughs> yes like imagine like <laughs> imagine if like one day in the future it's just like Florence in a Ferrari May it's like okay that is that is the pure essence of manifest someone some rich motherfucker yeah. somewhere it's gonna be like I love your porn so much I'm gonna give you a nice car <laughs> Like, that's it like, what a way to start to 2024 Fuck, Fuck. yes yes mm-hmm. what about you Reed what's been going on in Reed's town in Reed's town good old Reed's town well last night I did a really cool modeling job with a brand called Lucy and Yak and it was all about bearing your your chest and your breasts and amazing I was topless I was completely um, I was only in a pair of pants for this catwalk yeah. in like on Whoa. like this this big event. It was amazing. How did that um, feel? Yeah, it really felt well. Felt so powerful. Felt very comfortable in my vibe. I felt like, se- yeah, felt like me again. I was like, why am I not naked more often? Oh, because <laughs> this country sucks. Like the weather. I I yeah. want to be more naked. I love being naked. I feel so. Yeah. like myself again and just yeah just like it's it's make it's helping me learn to love my boobs again like i've i've gone through such a crazy journey with my tits of fully hating my tits hating yeah. them being so ashamed and embarrassed to take my bra off um and and then like going through sex work going through like webcamming and seeing all the different types of boobs like finally getting a varied representation of what different boobs look like and appreciating that and seeing like how how sexy and attractive people can be with their chest whatever they may may have and then being like oh my god the tits that i grew up with are not the tits that everyone loves you know i'm i'm expecting yeah. everyone to be into like big fake boobs with tiny nipples and mine are like like mine are giant hairy nipples with like veins and spots and and i'm like learning to love that again like i yes. i definitely am noticing a change in my titties they're sagging a little bit which is just part of being human and getting older part of life and I'd like there's been like voices niggling away at my head and then Ugh. this whole campaign that I've done and being this topless model I'm just like oh my god what the fuck are you talking about like how Aww. dare you be so rude about your boobs like you yeah. you love your titties and I'm feeling I'm feeling the love again man yay it's so nice yay that is titties. so nice I love like anything that anything that changes our thought process in our heads about our bodies because fuck that negative talk Jesus Christ yeah, it just comes that. just comes in without us really even knowing and we don't even realize what we're saying to ourselves sometimes yeah like I swear honestly I, it's PMS it is like period it creeps in without you even noticing it no wonder we're fucking assholes to everyone because yeah. we're assholes to ourselves we're so nasty to ourselves and then yeah. it makes us twisted and bitter and and oh and it's just it's horrible on top of which you're going through all these hormonal fucking pain period bullshit 
Like, I'm nasty to myself on my period. I'm so, oh, Oh no, it needs to stop. I'm awful to myself on my period too. I was like trying to, you know that one day of your period where you're just like so bloated that your Mm. stomach looks like a round ball and you can see the definition of it. I was like trying to put on my trousers. I was like, I can't fit in any of my trousers. Mm. And I was just like, fuck this, you and like you know all those negative thoughts said, about your belly and like mm. that's when Ugh. I put that post up on Instagram where I was just like sometimes you just gotta uh, be with your body and it, your body love your body because it's taking you through the hard times yeah. too yeah all that I love shit. that post it's a cute post man yeah cute it came from the heart man yeah. and very very good timing because our guest today is Saggy Sarah. Yes. Her account is this amazing account about online comparison Mm -hmm. and like real bodies compared to what you see on Instagram. Her content is fucking amazing and she's so sweet. Um, So that's really what we dive into in this episode, as well as she also is really brave enough to talk to us about an abusive relationship story, Mm -hmm. which we're just so honored that she felt safe enough to talk to us about that. But it's such an amazing thing to be able to talk about so that people can learn Mm -hmm. what the red flags are in abusive relationships and also just feel seen and heard if you've been through the same thing, because it can be such like an isolating experience. Absolutely. Now we have pre-recorded this, I mean, only a few moments ago, but we did that we we want to stress that we made sure that she felt comfortable talking to us and that she could stop at any time. Actually, all of us stop at any time because it is a difficult subject to talk about and it can bring up loads of different feelings. So making sure we had the conversation before, during and after, um, which I think is also really important when talking about trauma and really difficult subjects that can cause such a physical, visceral emotion. So yeah, it, it was a really great, conversation um, and we just want to stress if anyone is listening that might feel triggered then make sure you're listening to this episode in a space that you feel safe in and you can do something nice for yourself after this episode you know make sure that you have that care see a friend see a partner get yourself cuddled up in bed order a takeaway watch a comfy movie um, do something good for yourself because it it might take you on a journey Yeah. And trigger warning for if like you actually can't deal with listening to someone Mm -hmm. talk about an abusive relationship, if you are very sensitive to that. So as always, you can pause, stop listening to the podcast whenever you want, if it is triggering for you. Let's get her on. Sarah, hello. How are you feeling today, baby? What's what's the vulva? What's the poussoir saying? Feeling so good. Just a bit tired but i'm bringing the energy and we're gonna be fine she's tired staying hydrated (laughs) please introduce yourself to the curious fuckers hello i'm sarah also known as saggy sarah online and i post body acceptance mental health content and i also dabble in a bit of tattoo content now on youtube i don't know just randomly started that up (laughs) well besides the tattoos your content is so inspiring and so like engaging and you you talk about subjects and you approach subjects that most people online especially influencers don't talk about like i love your posts where you're wearing a filter and and then you take away the filter and it just like it just throws you just like oh my god what the fuck what have i just seen and it 
it, it highlights how easy yeah. it is to be fake online, how to just filter yourself and and like perpetuate these really awful beauty standards that we're both like we're all brainwashed with. So yeah, thank you for doing the good good girl. Mm. Thank you for such kind words. And of course, I just love doing what I do. <laughs> yeah, I thought you were gonna say like I just love my my saggy titties. Like I just. <laughs> Where, where did you get the name Saggy Saggy Sarah? Okay, this is such a random story because this has been like my nickname between me and my best friend in high school. Amazing. And it was just my username on Instagram since like high school when no I started way. posting random selfies what? and stuff. It's just evolved with me and now it's just it's just I never changed it. It kind of everyone thinks it... it's like this deep thing, but it's not It kind of makes sense. It's like, no, right? you don't have to be tight. You can be That's saggy. That's what I thought. I thought it was really smart. I thought it was like about enjoying your saggy body and like loving it, but it's just a nickname. It was just a nickname. Do you have a, a best fuck, a worst fuck, a fuck that made you a what the fuck fuck? Tell us your story, baby. For my best fuck, <laughs> one comes to mind that actually happened quite recently. Um, <laughs> So it was with my partner and we were just like sitting on the couch, having a little date night indoors, you know, saving money, um, mm -hmm. having our drinks. And then we're just like getting a bit spicy. And he was just like, what, if, what haven't we done that you want me to do to you? Oh my God. I was just like, I love that question. Hello. Excuse me. Hi. Yes. <laughs> and then we just talked about every little detail that I wanted him to do to me. Yeah. I'm very much into being a submissive, mm -hmm. also a little bit bratty, but mostly submissive. <laughs> and then, <laughs> so it was great to just be able to, to like tell him exactly what I wanted and then to feel like safe in knowing what we were about to do mm -hmm. and then getting really excited and like turned on by like talking about it mm -hmm. and then actually moving to the bedroom and doing all of it. And it's just like, because he, I just want to give him a shout out. He did the best performance of his life, honestly. Oh, like, wow. We, we love the energy and the effort. Beautiful. Round of applause for him because damn. <laughs> damn. <laughs> Something happened that night. <laughs> I I just love how that whole like that whole thing started. That whole question of like, mm. what is like what is it that you really want that we've never done before? And that type of exploration. That's what people need to be bringing. Um, and, and being unafraid to try it as well. Like ask that question and put it into motion, not just asking mm -hmm. it and then never, never doing it. That's hot. That is fucking hot. Yeah. Literally. And I won't say exactly what I asked for, but I asked for something that I've really never done. Just like had a little, I like masturbated, masturbated to the thought of it once. And I was like, that could be really fun. And then just being like, so I kind of want to do this and then it was yeah like a little bit out of our norm so I was just like okay yeah. this is great mm. yeah bringing those fantasies alive is one of the most exciting things that you can do in relationships when there's just yeah. been that one thing that you've thought about like a few times you're know, like mm, can I bring that up is it mm. <laughs> I'm still waiting to rent an asylum and be strapped to a chair in a straight jacket so like I'm, <laughs> I'll get that I'll get there eventually I'm sure <laughs> Please, we took it to the next level. Manifesting it for you. <laughs> Have you since then, with your partner, revisited that that question or revisited that fantasy? Yeah. Um. So after we did that one thing, I was a bit like, maybe that wasn't for, 
in the moment, yes, mm-hmm. but I, I don't feel like I'll, it would be like a thing that I would regularly do. Yeah. But Interesting. Like, we do every date night since then. We've kind of just been like, so what do you want to do tonight? <laughs> like, we always see if there's something that has like popped up that we want to try. And honestly, I highly recommend doing that mm. because it is so good. That's a really, really good tip. Okay, so how did you start doing the content that you do? Like, what was the inspiration behind, okay, like, what I'm seeing on social media isn't right. I want to, like, portray something real. So, completely was doing the opposite of what I currently do. I used to be, like, a fitness account and post, like, my workouts every day, what I eat in a day. Oh, wow. And all of that. (laughs) Whoa, that's fascinating. And I would just, like, work out and then be like, Ooh, okay, someone tagged me in like a post your abs today. So it was like a thing, a trend mm. back in like 2015. Yeah. So then I would just like work out, get the right lighting, get the right angles and everything. And I was just like, this all seems so fake. Yeah. And I wonder if I thought I was the only person doing that. And because even though I was working out a lot and focusing my whole life and being into fitness and yeah. health, and I was just wondering if anybody else still had like fat even though they were doing this and all of that because in my head I was just like imagining that everyone else who's posing posting these flexed photos just looks like that 24 7 and I'm the anomaly but then eventually I just posted it once and talked about how my body changed throughout the day and then eventually started posting like the flexed photo next to like the relaxed photos and it got a really good response and a lot of other people resonated resonated with it and were able to like reach out and say like, I also feel this way and I thought I was the only one. So then my direction of what I was posting kind of shifted and grew as I grew. And yeah, now I've been doing this for five years, I think. <laughs> yeah, that's exciting. That's such a giant shift, like a, a 180. Um, has there been sort of like any huge realizations you've had on your personal journey going from that person who was so hell-bent on exercising and the way that you look to the person you are now? Yeah, for sure. Like, um, I used to struggle a lot with like, um, disordered eating habits and all, honestly, like disordered working out habits because I would work out twice a day for several hours. It was not healthy and like just the realization of, I guess, like how I'm assuming we're all around the same age, like when we grew up in the 90s, 20, early 2000s. So it's just like, we were fed all of these ideas that like, fitness can only be good for you. It can't be bad if you do too much. Yeah, yeah. So I kind of had to grow and realize that myself and be like, oh, this is actually like, I lost my period because (gasps) I was working out too much. Wow. Fuck. It, it was bad. Mm, I've heard that. I've heard that a lot with um, yeah, being underweight wow. and that can really affect your period. That's fucking wild. How did like creating the content <laughs> that you do affect your own relationship with your body and your sexuality? I think when I first started posting what I'm posting now rather than posting the fitness content, yeah. it was quite vulnerable and scary. I don't know, in a way it was like kind of displaced when it was online but when it came to my real life I was just like going to university and I was scared that people at my university would see what I was posting Mm. and I just like I don't know I just felt very vulnerable and at the time I was 
in a relationship that was quite healthy. So I felt very like secure with regards to that relationship mm-hmm. yeah. and my appearance. And that person never made me feel insecure about my appearance. But eventually when we did break up, I, when I was single again, I was terrified on dating apps yeah. and everything of saying what I do. And I wouldn't really talk about what I do online until I'd gone on a few dates with them or I'd just allude to it, but not really go into detail. And I'd ask them to not like search my name or I just wouldn't really bring it up until Mm. they found out. And then I've had a few people like after a first or second date, they just DM me on my Zaizer account being like, hey, didn't know you do this. And I was like, can you not? Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. that's a boundary, man. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but to that person's defense, they I did not make that boundary oh, at that yeah, time. Yeah, I was yeah. just kind of like, didn't say anything about it, and they found it, and they're like, "Hello." <laughs> yeah, it is a weird. It's a weird thing having a social media platform that people can like just they can see so much of your vulnerability. Like I feel mm-hmm. like the same with what we do, um, and it's a really weird thing that's just like, oh, like this new person that's coming into my life can see like my core like my like the most vulnerable things about me and that's that's really actually quite a scary thing going into dating how did you how how did it like play out for you over time I just kind of got used to the feeling of like that I just have to kind of get over this fear because I can't let it control my life and it's not like I'm gonna stop posting online and eventually now before I met my current partner when I was on the dating apps I same thing again, got scared, didn't want to tell anyone what I do. Mm-hmm. And with him, I just made the boundary like, I don't want you to look at my page until I'm ready to show it to you. And that's what he did. And it was, I think, creating those boundaries is really important yeah. and taking it at your own pace as well. Yeah. And like reminding myself that I don't have to share this part of me with yeah. them if I choose not to like yes they can then go and look at my page in their own time and I won't know about it but I don't know I just kind of slowly got over the fear but one thing that I remember that does stand out was when I was single I found out I had HPV Mm -hmm. and I wanted to create a post about pap smears because I had precancerous cells and I was like well, this would be a really good thing to raise awareness about, but I'm scared that people are going to think I'm gross because I have HPV yeah. and they won't want to date me. It also sounds yeah. so similar to the herpes virus, which is like H, HVS. S-B. And so then H-S-B. that... HS, yeah, HSV. And it, it's all of it sounds so scary because they make it all this like medical jargon. And they're like, they don't really explain to you what the fuck it is. You just get a letter through the post, post being like, you have this. And you're like, what does that mean? I had the same letter. Yeah, I think it worked different because we didn't get letters. I like went to the gynecologist and then they were like, oh, when's the last time you had a pap smear? I was like, it's been a few years. And then that's how I found out that yeah I had like precancerous cells. And, but- and posting stuff like that is so important. And like everything that you post is so so important. And I think it helps so many people. It's interesting that you were saying that once you started posting content like that, but in your reality, it made you feel more vulnerable to people around you. Do you feel like in like for you like? Without everyone else around, did it help you build your own confidence and own acceptance of your body? Oh yeah, definitely. <laughs> like it was kind of like almost like keeping a journal, except a public journal. Yeah. And in that way, I could just like work through my emotions. But 
I also sometimes just didn't comprehend that it was so public. Yeah. Like even now I don't really sometimes think about how many people read posts and I, yeah, it's just kind of like a little diary that I have of the last eight years of my life that are just there. Yeah. And I think also having that and going back has also helped me just grow my acceptance towards myself because I can see the growth physically yeah. and I can see the dips and the dips are fine too. Yeah. Uh, maybe we should yeah. get back on to talking about fucking <laughs> yeah. sex because Let's... this is <laughs> I've got a question. Yeah. How please a good one. Fuck. How do our curious fuckers stay confident in their bodies and our bodies when experiencing new sexual experiences with new partners? This is a fun question. <laughs> okay, so I used to have this thing where I would use sex for validation, for like mm -hmm. self-validation. Yeah. So that led to like a lot of like yeah. issues of me just not being comfortable and just being like, oh no, like I probably look really ridiculous in this position. Like I just feel really uncomfortable and I couldn't mm. be in the moment. Yeah. So, but that's like two different things. But I've learned now to like kind of like build a sense of trust before sleeping with people because that's really, that's been like important yeah. to me personally. Mm -hmm. But I guess it really depends on the person because I feel like once there is a sense of trust, I. I'm like, it's okay if you see me in this position. It's okay if I don't like look the best from this angle because mm -hmm. at the end of the day, the end goal is pleasure and to have fun. So just kind of like bringing your headspace back into the, like remind yourself that you are here to experience pleasure and to have a fun moment. Yeah. And I know it's hard to like stop fixating on your body, but having like little if you think about like anger thoughts prior to the prior to having sex or prior to foreplay and just have those ready in your mind have them thought out and then when they do pop up just use an anger thought like this is meant to be or like the goal here is to experience pleasure and have fun yeah not about, it's not like a moment for you to like show off your body your, yeah. Huh? yeah yeah like, yeah. like be... i like the term of anchor thought what's like an what's an anchor thought i just i don't know where i heard it i think i heard it in psychology like lessons because i used to study psychology in university but it's basically like a thought that anchors you back to reality mm. when you're yeah. overthinking i really really love that and also yeah. We overthink what our body looks like so much and I still do it, especially from like making content that's sexual and then seeing my body in different angles and then getting like yeah. confirmation from partners that's like, you you don't think that you look hot there, but I think that you look really hot there. Mm, like yes. people don't actually see your body in the way that we see our own bodies. They're not like picking everything apart like we are they're seeing your body and being like fuck like i get to have sex with you and like yeah. that's amazing yeah and that maybe should be another anchor for thought of like they don't actually care they no. just love all of it yeah if you don't care about their body they're not caring mm -hmm. about yours exactly yeah. and if you're caring about their body you need to check yourself yeah. <laughs> just take a step back and be like what is happening here yeah what is yeah, going well, on where does this thought come from and yeah. it probably who, then hurt, just... who hurt you bro yeah <laughs> and also we are our own worst critics so we are way harder on ourselves which is 
like relating back to that as well. So Sarah, you have a worst fuck story for us. Um, tell us all. This is going to get a bit more deep and dark. So a bit of a trigger warning for anyone who finds sexual abuse or coercion or pressuring in the bedroom difficult mm -hmm. to listen to. Please proceed with caution. Um, sorry also if I like laugh sometimes because that just is my little outlet of uncomfortableness and it comes out like that. Yeah, very yes. natural reaction. I think we all laugh, don't we? <laughs> yeah, I definitely make a joke out of all the shit things that happen to me. Mm -hmm, which is mm -hmm. so weird it's like ha, yes cool yeah, why are the why are funerals like the funniest places to be it is awful it is not good so timing bad. <laughs> so um going off one of my many worst fuck stories um mm. with this one specific individual i was in a abusive relationship from for two and a half years so the first massive red flag that i kind of noted sub consciously but not fully consciously was yeah. that before i say this there is a way to express kinks and talk about kink play and introducing them and this person just went about it completely the wrong way right. so i am queer i was sleeping with a man who had a kink uh, a cuckolding kink so basically he kind of told me about it and i was just like okay whatever that sounds cool that's fine yeah. but then as we were having sex we weren't in a relationship he all of a sudden offered to show me other women's nudes and said mm -hmm. oh i have all these other women have been sending me nudes like look at them and i was like i don't want to see that because yeah i also didn't know that he was sexually involved with other people in that moment as well, which was, wow. that was number one shock. Number two shock, have you even asked these women for consent to show their images to other people? Yeah. yeah. These are all afterthoughts that I wasn't thinking in the moment. I was just very insanely shocked. And mm -hmm. um, yeah, I just kind of went along with it. I luckily was not shown those photos, but after that, it sort of just snowballed and i took a step back and was like what just happened but then that's when he started love bombing me again yeah into kind of manipulating me into being like oh this is actually a safe place to be it won't yeah. happen again or like not that he ever was sorry about what he did he just was kind oh, yeah, of like no apologies oh, yeah no apologies just kind of went into the next no scenario no none mm -hmm. and in the next scenario it would be like he would be asking me to make tinder accounts this was moving a bit forward there has yeah. been a lot of dodgy things that happened with this person but for whatever reason the whole love bombing cycle of abuse and abusive relationships really just hooked me in and i was caught in it and i did not know how to get out and i didn't even i wasn't even aware it was happening mm -hmm. yeah and that's so anyway. normal and that's not a bad thing that you didn't know. Yeah. Exactly. And uh, later on, uh, yeah, he eventually asked me to make a Tinder account. And I am personally a monogamous person. I just am not into being with more than one person at one time Yeah. in, in this specific situation. <laughs> yeah. And he, while we were involved in foreplay, he was like just pressuring me and like, 
saying like, oh, make a Tinder account. So eventually I did. And he was, he would then force me to sext people while we were having sex. And I was so uncomfortable with that. And I did not want to do it. I told him I wasn't comfortable with it. But every single time I said no, the next time he would come back and try harder. So eventually it did end up happening. And Mm. I, the amount of times I just cried after sex and just was like what is wrong with me why can't I just Mm. enjoy this because it makes him happy and I just like or he would just like walk away and I just like start bawling my eyes out because I was like what what just happened I feel so assaulted but nothing happened if you're having such a strong physical reaction if anyone is having such a strong physical reaction about being seeing their partner or being intimate with their partner then there is something that needs to be looked at with a fine tooth comb um something is not right and especially if you're internalizing it as well and blaming yourself that you need to get an outsider's point of view like go and speak to a relationship therapist or a therapist go and look up you know your thoughts and your feelings and why you're feeling like that and see see what comes up online because um, you might be in a situation you need to get out of. Definitely. And I was going to say, like, throughout this whole relationship, I was in therapy as well. Mm-hmm. I think it was actually midway through the relationship. I had to go back into therapy because of the relationship mainly. But yeah. then also my other past traumas. But eventually in therapy, my therapist was like, do you know what a trauma bond is? I had a general sense of an idea, but then eventually when I went home and did my homework of studying it and looking into it, I just couldn't fathom why the word abuser was coming up because I was like, he is not abusive. He is such an amazing human being. He loves me so much. I love him so much. He does this and this for me. It's like Mm -hmm. two things can exist at once, which is that someone can be an abuser and also be... like a loving partner. Yeah, the best person exactly. in the world, yeah. 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 And the way that the um, manipulation and coercion and all of that, the whole cycle of abuse, just kind of chips away at your brain and mm-hmm. your ability to think logically, like, as you used to. I don't, I don't want to say, like, you're not able to think logically, but it is like you're just kind of trapped or... With like gaslighting, I guess like they start controlling the way that you think. So you will mm-hmm. start thinking in a way that makes it okay because it that's part of the manipulation. Yes. And I also want to add on to that as well. Like with that, because my abuser called me crazy a lot of the time yeah. and said like I'm overreacting and I'm being crazy. Yeah. I was then thinking, oh my, every little thing that I'm thinking is wrong, is yeah. actually crazy and he would minimize me in front of other people as well and call me or bring up the fact that I was behaving crazy before in front of his friends. So that also made me feel very like, oh shit, this is embarrassing, but I don't know how to like defend myself as well. Yeah. Yeah. And I think also the way he spoke about previous women that um, I don't, obviously I'm not going to talk about what happened to them because that's their story but there was an instance that he brought up that somebody accused him of sexual assault and the way he spun it to say that he wasn't in the wrong was just so convincing that it made Mm -hmm. me think like yeah i must be in the wrong too for these thoughts yeah yeah yeah, Yeah. i I honestly feel like they 
they believe that themselves. If somebody's accused them of something, then they they will spin whatever story because no, especially somebody who doesn't apologize or takes accountability, any normal person would go, oh fuck, like I've made this person feel this way. Even if they don't believe it to be true, like let's have a, have a conversation around it. Let's like talk about this and work through it. But a lot of people go, no, that wasn't me. It must be their fault and blame them. And then therefore that makes you feel like it's your fault because it's like, you know, they'll they'll say similar things. Any right-minded person, the people that are safe and healthy are the ones that go, fuck, I can't believe I've made you feel like this. It's such a good sign asking your partner or seeing how your partner talks about their exes. If it's full of like hate so, yes. and malice and like, oh, they yeah. did this, this and this. It's like that or- needs to be like looked at. If anyone says that their ex is crazy or like, you know, did something to them, I'm like, hmm, okay. Not always. We're not saying that. We're not saying that everyone who says that their exes are crazy because sometimes it should be crazy, you know? Yeah. Um, But I I think it's the way that you talk about it, though. Yeah. I think if there's a lot of like blaming and no accountability. Mm -hmm. Yes. Because I think you can talk about an ex and be like, that was a really fucked up situation, but I, you know, I felt this at the time or like, this is why that happened. I don't know. There's like a different way that it comes out, I think, mm-hmm. but it, it can be a really big red flag. I think also because my abuser was a uh, pathological liar, it just also made mm-hmm. everything so much more difficult to understand what was going on and understand what even was real especially with the gaslighting so it's just like yeah one thing on top of another that just eventually sandwiched and I think there's a lot of embarrassment that went into it because the worst thing that he did not directly to me this was during lockdown so in I was living in South Africa at the time and we had a curfew and we went out, I think. And then we were drinking at my place and he was staying over at mine. And all of a sudden he, we were just talking about something random, I think like talking about like secrets or whatever. And then he was like, oh yeah, when I was younger, I had sex with my dog. And I was just like, absolute, like, oh my Lord. Disgust, shock, just horror. And like, I just didn't, know how to react because what the fuck and then um, yeah what the fuck that's insane and then he backtracked and was instantly like no no i i mean i like only watched bestiality porn and i uh oh jesus dreamt about doing it and i was just like hello like what wow and then that's wild yeah so this is how intense it got to that point that in that point, I was like, okay, now I will be able to leave. This is the worst thing that could happen. This is the worst thing someone could do. Like, I, I'm going to break up with him tomorrow. Yeah. I got this. Like, I can do this. In the morning, yeah. he just tries to initiate having sex with me. And I just am disgusted. I cannot. And um, mm-hmm. eventually, he just is like, oh, is it the dog thing? And I was just like, in my head, like, yes, obviously. Fuck get help no offense what full offense um yeah like, what <laughs> full offense. like but also not just the dog thing but like that was the catalyst that helped you switch off the love 
that was keeping you to him and able to move on. That was like almost like the kick that you needed. I feel like in situations like this, people need that moment to finally get the ick and to finally go like, Oh fuck! Yeah. Like now I see it, and it all comes crashing down. The yeah. bad part yeah. is I didn't when get someone to shows leave you just they yet. <gasps> oh, no. no! Please! Oh my love, I'm so sorry. So okay. how did that? What happened? It's because he, we already had flights booked, and he was coming to meet my family. Oh so, fuck! Um, <laughs> fuck! Oh. Yeah. So that's like the thing that kills me the most and makes me feel the most mm. embarrassed and just in a way also like really just disgusted with myself but at the same time I was doing the best yeah. I could with the, I could in that moment and yes I, I also just very much disassociated and shoved it into a box that I actually did not remember that that happened until after we broke up a few months later oh wow yeah whoa so then eventually mm. The reason why I brought that whole thing up was because um, there was this one TikTok I saw and it was this girl, it was this trend that was like me versus the girl he cheated on me with. And the girl was like me versus the girl he cheated on me with. And it was a picture of a dog. And I was like, haha, relatable content. Oh no. <gasps> That's me. Oh God. <laughs> Fuck. But then the oh. funny thing is he actually ended up cheating on me so I was like oh my god it's almost the same because he first raped the dog earlier and then oh eventually no I'm so sorry that's so awful so awful I'm but sorry it's not funny the, the thing is you have to laugh as well that because otherwise if you don't laugh I mean laughter is a very great way of processing feelings and emotions and sometimes you do just have to make it into a joke just to be able to process and get through it yeah yeah, yeah. like quite the TikTok often thing and I feel <laughs> it so deep man. when you say like the the shame and embarrassment you have for staying with him you can't beat yourself up about that you were with someone that you you maybe not just thought you were in love with that you that you love deeply and like you said you put all that information into a box it's like you didn't want to see it and that's yeah. that's also a way of your brain to cope it was so much information that you couldn't handle it at the time and again you wanted your you know your parents to meet him you had flights booked it's it's even harder um when you have plans in the future to walk away from a situation yeah. like that or like let alone if you've got kids together or a house yeah. together or so hard because in those situations it's just like obviously there's so many good things about mm -hmm. them and that's what you focus on that's what you're just like well all of these amazing things and he makes me feel like this or whatever and then yeah so like the the bad things that happen just sweep it under a rug mm -hmm. yeah and i think also like the yeah, such false promises to change as well is mm. very convincing and yeah I think the thing that also just made me, I honestly never thought I'd be like talking about this to anyone yeah. else who isn't in my like immediate close family or like someone that yeah. I'm like seriously involved with um, because of leaving that comment on that TikTok video because I was like, lol, he, he, he did that first and then found out he cheated on me. <laughs> and then um, someone replied back Hello. to it. <laughs> so fucked <laughs> And then someone replied back to it, like, girl, if you didn't leave him after that, you're the problem. And I was like, oh, I can't. What the fuck is wrong with people? So then after reading that, I was like, okay, 
I am the problem. It was actually like all my fault. And but no, obviously, the, yeah, that's what I thought at the time. But now, like, mm. I've done a lot of reflection and a lot of like self work and realizing that, you know what, some people just will not understand sometimes. And that's okay, too. I don't need to explain yeah. my experience to every single person. I don't have the emotional capacity to do that. But I just want to yeah. bring awareness to the fact that this shit happens and you think mm-hmm. it will never happen to you. And then all of a sudden yeah. you look back and you're like, how the fuck did I get here? Like, yeah. yeah. You will never understand until you experience it yourself. Yeah. Basically. Yeah. It's like a horrible nightmare. And yeah. you're right. You just, it feels so great in the moment, even though you're slowly slipping into depression and madness and anxiety and then you blame it all on yourself. And it's only until you're out of it, you look back and you're like, oh shit, like what the fuck was I doing? How did I not see it so clearly? But you can't beat yourself up over it because then that perpetual, you can learn from it, sure, learn from it so it doesn't happen again. So you, you know, you you take things slower, you see the same mistakes, you notice the same behaviors. But if you don't take that time to process and really like, deep it and understand it then it, it could happen again and it does happen again to a lot of people i think it's yeah. a really important thing to say that sometimes you do know during it and i think like during mm. your story you have like mentioned that there were moments you're like i know that this isn't right and that's where the shame and the self-hatred really yeah. comes in because you're like oh wait, I knew this from the beginning and I stayed for some reason. But then that paired with the manipulation and stuff that you went through, like that's the reason that you stayed. Like the coercion, Mm -hmm. the manipulation, two things can exist at the same time. And that's what's like really, really hard to understand from the outside. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And then it's also yeah. because it's what people perceive from the outside, it then makes you feel really bad about having done it in the first place. So I, you know, like the shame and stuff is such like a uh, normal feeling and experience, I think, after abusive situations because of all of that. And yeah, it's a really, really wild thing to wrap your head around. Um, so yeah, I really feel for you with all of that yeah. stuff mm, and and get help well thank you so much for sharing that with us because it's it doesn't feel comfortable and like you said you weren't sure how to share it but I feel like it's it is an important subject and yeah so many people go through it there'll be people listening to this podcast now that are that have gone through it or are going yeah. through it now and and hopefully listening to your story will give them to strength give them the yeah. strength to see it and and get out of the situation or move on or, or seek help for it no one should have to go through a situation like that and 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 it happens so regularly yeah and it's comforting yeah. for people to hear that this like similar things have happened to other people um and like just being able to relate to it, it, it like brings so much comfort and like you know just the fact that it's not just one person going through it so yeah thank you so much for for sharing your story i just quickly wanted to add something because i just before i forget it um i just really wanted to advise people to like if they are in a similar situation or they feel like they may be in a similar situation um to keep a journal because you can get really confused when you are being gaslit and manipulated and that also can then 
potentially serve as evidence if you do end up wanting to pursue taking things to court. I did hear on a podcast that there is an online journal that you can write into, which has timestamps that can then be used in court cases. I mm. cannot remember the name, but highly recommend checking that out if you are someone in a situation like this. It That is like one of the biggest regrets that I have is that I didn't do it all online. So it had like digital timestamps because I have it all mm. on paper. And also yeah. when you have everything journaled, you can then look back and kind of see the progress of your growth as well. And mm -hmm. yeah. that is yeah. that was really, really, really helpful to me at least. Like when I'd randomly find my journal from the years that I was in the abusive relationship and just being able to read and just just being so proud of myself for like carrying myself through all of it and turning out like okay and being fine now or like in a place where I am yeah. better and yeah. am safe which is like yeah a really big thing to be mm. able to see because you honestly feel like you're you're never gonna get to the end of it and honestly I still do have days like that and that is completely okay it is part of the healing process and it's a journey <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah have there been any big kind of pointers that you've learned along the way that people can look out for in relationships in their own relationships like the red flags that you experienced in this kind of situation yeah um I have quite a few <laughs> but um yeah looking back on it now I think realizing when people are if you set a boundary and there's any form of like kind of boundary testing with like a yeah could be an example if I said please don't touch this pen but then when you turn around, um, they're just like kind of leaning forward to like touching the pen and then you look back and then they just like pretend like they weren't even trying to do that or, mm -hmm. yeah, you know, just like crossing boundaries and boundary testing. And that is a sign of respect to respect someone's boundaries. And yeah. we put them there for a reason. And if someone, if you're saying you're uncomfortable with something, not just sex related, but like anything related and your partner is kind of dismissive of that or aggressively questioning it mm, like for example for mm. exactly like I keep thinking of the example of like um liking other women's bikini photos some people don't like that in relationships mm -hmm. and rather than being like okay I won't do it that's cool with me like because it doesn't change the dynamic of your relationship whether you like or don't like someone's Instagram photos yeah you know like if it doesn't change the dynamic of the relationship but you're still like dismissive about it or putting you down making you feel stupid or like you're asking for a lot is a thing to really keep in mind and just seeing how you feel if you constantly feel like scared to see the person or after certain interactions you feel extremely drained or depressed or just sad or you just don't feel right after an interaction. Like your gut feeling is always right, I want to say. Majority of yeah. the time, always right. Mm -hmm. It is very intense and you should listen to that. I know a lot of people suffer with anxiety. I suffer with anxiety and with these things, I kept saying it was just my anxiety, but it yes. really is a different kind of yeah. visceral feeling. Mm -hmm. You can so easily yeah. blame yourself when it comes to anxiety stuff because you're just like, oh... Yeah, it's just me. It's just, you know, my anxious feelings and it's totally fine. 
Mm, yeah, like my it's my relationship anxiety or it's my my attachment theory just going crazy. And it's like mm-hmm. um it really feels it's just it's complicated to tell the difference in the time. It is. But this is it why I think is. it's important to talk to other people to, for them to get almost like um like a non-bias view and talk to your friends yes. and ask them about things. We're too scared. A lot of us are too scared to ask our friends. Um, yeah. because we're scared about the answer. But if 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 you are so uncertain, then ask your nearest and dearest. Like ask them not just about how they how they feel about your partner, but also have they noticed a difference in in you, you know, like since meeting your partner, how how have you been? How have you been behaving? Are you more confident? Are you feeling yourself? Have has has your partner brought you out of your shell and made you feel the best version of you or have you become a recluse are you minimizing yourself are you seeing friends less are you um you know like in your general behavior are you more anxious then then it's definitely something to look at very easy to say talk to other people if you're mm. in an abusive relationship you will not be able to talk to other people yeah. it is impossible yeah. Um, and I think that's why your journaling tip was so, mm-hmm. so important earlier, because the one person that you do have that you will be able to be honest with is yourself. And journals can be a really good way of like, because if you can re- read them, then you, you can start kind of understanding and unpicking your own thought process and like learning about yourself in in that way. Um, but yeah, I feel like that's that's something like big to flag is that yeah it's super easy to say talk to other people but Mm -hmm. actually really impossible when you're in the situation so if you make sure your relationship with yourself and your conversation with yourself doesn't disappear yeah there are also loads of um resources you can go for like you can speak to domestic abuse hotlines or like you know the chat systems and speak to somebody you can stay anonymous as well speak to somebody that doesn't know you doesn't know your situation like it's never going to get back to anyone but if you need that clarity um they're not going to tell you that you're in an abusive situation they're just going to help you realize a few things or explain a few things that could be seen as abusive or that are abusive and it might help you come to that realization yourself but you're right yeah. it's it's not easy to do because you don't believe it when you're in it so why would you talk about it in that way yeah 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 i think that's why it's also so important to what you said earlier of um seeing if your friends come to you and ask why your behavior has changed because i was going to say my sister I hadn't seen her for the whole duration of this relationship because of covid mm-hmm. and then when i did see her she instantly was just like what's wrong with you like are you okay and i didn't even really understand at the time why she asked that but then now looking back on it i'm like well makes sense yeah it was a completely different person Mm. yeah yeah sarah is there anything else that you really want to talk about um and get out there before we do finish the podcast Mm. i think if i could just say like a few tips if someone is trying to leave abusive relationship I guess that's a good way to also wrap it up some tips that I do have for leaving abusive relationships not that I did these or all of them it's just information that I've gathered over time on my healing journey and hearing other people's stories and listening to them is that you should make an exit plan and maybe have a super trusted close person that you can stay with for 
a few days or a few weeks mm -hmm. because it really helps to get that physical proximity distance from your abuser because yeah they can be very manipulative and gaslighting yeah. and dangerous so yeah, yeah that in. physical proximity yeah. is very important yeah. and yeah I think also just don't feel like you need to stay silent about it I just felt very much like this happens to so many people but what we're meant to do is just be quiet about it and heal by ourselves and then just integrate back into society when we can but yeah the thing is this is a horrible thing this is a horrible thing that happens to people it happens to a lot of people and you don't have to stay silent if you don't want to and i don't want anyone to ever feel like like why are you constantly talking about it, it happened so long ago it's like no that was a part of your life and if you feel like mm. you want to talk about it it's important to speak up yeah. and be a voice for maybe other people who don't feel like talking about their situation because i think it does help talking about it not just like for yourself but for other victims Definitely. and survivors and just collectively as we all i feel like we are all more starting to speak up about it which is in my opinion great because it raises more awareness so yes yeah beautiful it's, it's crazy you. how often it happens but Sarah, thank you so much for sharing all of that with us i know that it's not an easy thing to talk about but i do think that it's going to help so many people I don't know just feel more comfortable themselves in their own situations also mm -hmm. help people not get into the situations as well um with some of those red flags it's been a really powerful episode so thank you so much for coming on and sharing your story if people want to hear more from you and see your amazing content online where can they find you thank you so much <laughs> Um, you can find me on Instagram and YouTube under Saggy Sarah and on TikTok as Sarah Puto, P-U-H-T-O. Amazing. Beautiful. Thank you so much for coming on Thank and just being you. so open and vulnerable with us. It's, yeah, it's really beautiful to see. And we hope that this has inspired other people to do the same and to process in their own way. But if anyone out there is wanting to stay in touch um, and up to date with what we're doing at Come Curious, then follow our Instagram at Come Curious, as well as our personal accounts, Florence Bark and Read Amber X. And as always, leave a rating and a review and share this episode with anyone that you think will find it helpful. I think this is a really good episode to share with people. So please do and leave us a rating and a review because it gets our podcast into more people's ears and we would love that. We would love that for 2024, spreading the good word. Beautiful. You can follow our Patreon um, and pledge for a pound, a dollar, a week, a month and get all <laughs> of our videos, all of our podcasts that are now being put on there because we're still on the YouTube ban for the moment. But until then... You can follow our OnlyFans accounts too. Yay! See some nasties. Mm. See some nasties. And until then, see you next Thursday, Curious Fuckers. See you next Thursday. Bye. Bye. Bye.